Thank you for listening to the Mental Health Survival Guide podcast. I'm Survival Nick, and today is a brand new day. You have your past behind you, you've got your future in front of you, and you are perfectly, mindfully in the present. Now, I normally try to stay in the present and prepare for the future, but as anyone in recovery can tell you, it's important to every once in a while visit the past and reflect on important and groundbreaking moments. So that's kind of what I'm gonna do today. Now, as a lot of you probably know, I had several episodes of the Mental Health Survival Guide that I did years ago as a part of a media group that I am no longer with and actually don't think that media group exists in the same way anymore. But anyway, I had an opportunity to sit and talk with Mr. Paul D. Dominicus, and we got to talk about his personal philosophy mindfulness, being a dad, and stoicism. And I forgot exactly how this came about. I probably ran into him somewhere in public and we started talking about mental health. And I know he brought up that he uses stoicism in his daily life. And I thought that that was interesting. So I asked him to come on the show. He agreed and we sat down, but I got so much more than just information on stoicism. I learned that it was important for me to come up with some philosophies for my own daily life. And more importantly, I needed to consider how I interacted with people. In the years since this original interview, I have studied stoicism and I've applied a lot of the philosophy to my life and it's really helped. So here are the highlights of that interview. So thank you to Damien and all the folks over at North Volume for the use of these old episodes. How do you use these philosophies in your everyday life? And before we get into that, though, sure. what are we talking about with philosophies? Uh, well, philosophies, uh, rules by which I live, I guess. Um, over the years, I have looked at and studied, uh, do a lot of reading, and kind of pieced together my own personal philosophy of how I view the world. Uh, I try and live by it, um, but not without learning more as we go and taking pieces and parts as from people that I meet along the way or from things that I read. So... You know, I'm definitely grounded in um, a very much practical philosophy, so that's why Stoicism in particular is something that I've enjoyed learning about. Uh, there's a healthy dose of kind of Zen Buddhism, and you know, we've talked a little bit about Taoism before we started uh, the yeah. show this morning. So, yeah. uh, it really um, it sort of pieced together those things. I'm a dangerously optimistic person. I really do try and see the best in things as they come at me. That way. You know, it's it's all about how you view the world for the most part and the things that um, I've learned that I can control and things that I can't control. And, and it's not so much about not feeling things. It's about accepting the feelings and really trying to figure out the best way forward. Okay. So uh, for our listeners out there, and mind you, I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I don't need a textbook definition, but if you could kind of explain a little bit about stoicism, like what is that? Sure. I think a lot of people, when you say stoic, you get an idea of the unfeeling sort of rock person who yeah. doesn't respond. The to guards anything. outside Buckingham Palace. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And and it's I think that sells it very short. Um, I, I mean, essentially, it's a philosophy of uh, learning to live uh, by uh, 
by practice, by doing, um, but also by understanding your emotions and how they interact with the world. Right. Um, it's also something that looks at the things that are in your control and out of your control. And most of the things you'll find are out of outside of your control, right. except for your how you view them and how you react to them uh, and interact with them. So it's a, it's again, it's it's practical. It's sort of a training program to kind of get through what right. can ha- what life can bring at you. And some something that I've I've seen with uh, st- uh, stoic lifestyles would be uh, judgment based upon someone's behavior and not necessarily their words. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're looking at how you know I can say whatever I want to you, but if my actions and my words don't line up, right. what I'm doing is uh speaks much more uh, right. loudly walk the walk and talk the talk kind yeah of and and understanding that 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 it's important to understand you know to, if someone cuts you off in traffic uh you know and the initial thing to do is to get very angry um, yeah you're allowing that you know maybe it was a lapse in judgment you're but you're assigning that value to that person's actions and you're allowing it to affect your day when really you had no control over that and now your blood pressure's through the roof and you want to... Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like getting uh, kicked while you're down a right. little bit, right, yeah. right? Or allowing yourself to get kicked while That's you're it. down. Okay. So how do you how do you use these in your everyday life? How do you use these this practice in your everyday life? Um, you know, I think really learning and, and understanding um, myself. So it's introspection at first. Uh, you know, I think it's important to understand uh, my value system in the way that uh, I want to interact with the world. It's understanding that my personal value uh, is not necessarily based on what other people are, uh, their judgments on me or not. Oof. Um, it's, it's hard That's to hard. Do. It's very hard to do. And, and, you know, like those people who are, walk around and go, oh, I don't care what they think. Yeah, you do. You yeah. care a little bit. Yes, and and we all do. I can't sit here right. and say that I never am affected by anything around me. But you, it's... but. You, but like like what you were saying, it's about making a choice to give what they think of you or what you hear from them about yourself to give it credence, to give it power. Correct. So Very you hear so. It, it, it can annoy you a little bit, and then you can make a choice to either chase that feeling and make it fester, have, let it fester inside you, or you can learn ways to let it go. Yes, and that's what it's all about, and it's a practice to do that. It's not easy to do at first, and you can't scold yourself if you're not good at it at first. You have to really just work through each day and understand that um, that you have to sort of learn to let things go. You don't just wake up right. one day and you say, I don't care anymore. It, it, it's a very, it's about caring deeply and understanding that. Yeah, so that's something interesting because I, I tried, I, and I really did try, a lot of Facebook posts that people put up are reactionary and usually they're very extreme with the reaction that they feel of that moment. And so I have totally stalked you on Facebook before, and I've never seen a reactionary post. Uh, well, or at least a not heartfelt one. Okay, fair, fair. Okay. And which sometimes makes me think that you did do a post, but you deleted it and no one saw it. Um, but what do you do? What do you do? See, so something, something very personal happens to you, or someone is out there or they intend on hurting you and you, you feel it, it hurts your feelings, you're cut right to the core. How do you work through those emotions so that you don't say or do something that you're going to regret? That's a really good question and a hard one to answer, I think, because it's a, it's, it's a lot of just internal dialogue. Right. Um, one of the things, and both uh, my wife and kids will 
you know, chuckle if they listen to this, because one of the things I say is uh, often is that you have to be very careful to the words that you choose. So um, if I get angry, I acknowledge that I'm angry, but I tend to not react or say anything because once you say it, it's said and it yeah. can't be unsaid. It's out there. And an apology is different than never saying it. And so there's a very different Ooh. thing. And I very much try to, you know, in my personal life, certainly, you know, I never want to lash out at my kids or my wife in, a, in a way that, um, you know, it will hurt them. And I can go and say, you know, I'm very sorry I said that, but it still hurt them. Yeah. So I have tried and I'm better at it now, you know, of course, yeah. after practice. But that's one of the things. So I, I try and internalize that in all situations. If someone is, you know, lashing out at me in a certain way, I try to, I, I tip my hat to the emotion that I'm feeling, whether it's anger or fear or whatever, and I acknowledge that it's there. Yep. And then really try and work through it backwards and understand that the best reaction I could have is not to fan the flame, right. is not to retaliate, but to figure out a way to not allow them inside my space. Some days I can kind of just let things run off my back. Just be like, ah, no big deal. Psst, done. <laughs> All right. But then some days some guy will be standing next to me too close in line at the gas station and it just, it'll aggravate me. Yep. And what I've learned in my process is that it's not what this person was doing. It's also not necessarily me. It's what it is, is I'm, more irritable right now, which is a chemical, which is probably related to some sort of chemical imbalance. And so I can either get really angry and then my whole day will just be a series of just falling downstairs, being completely a mess, or I can try to cut it off at the pass right now, recognize my feelings and move on. Yeah. And I think that's the important part is again, not denying the feelings, stuffing them in a box or pretending they're not there. It's right. acknowledging them and saying, yep, I'm a little pissed right now. Right. But what I'm not going to do is fan that or feed that and then make this a far worse day or week or whatever it turns into because those things can go crazy sometimes. So there's multiple paths. Everyone finds their own way and you, you take what works for you and you kind of make it your own and you discard what doesn't work for you. And, and if you can do that and you never stop learning, then life is just, you know, one big lesson after another and you, yeah. you do well. I'm, I'm big in that. I like that. Yeah, me too. But something I, I would like to kind of throw a wrench in this idea is that a lot of change happens because of people being angry. Sure. Does that discredit this a little bit? Um, I, I don't think so. You know, again, it's uh, a lot of change happens because people get angry, but I think it's the aftermath of the emotion that mm -hmm. allows for change. Because when I get angry, so the thought process then becomes, okay, I'm angry. What's making me angry? What is the situation I'm in? And where am I going to go from here? It forces me to think about next steps. And that's why I like the practicalness of this. Practicalness, is that a word? Yeah, we'll it is now. It is now. Uh, so, you know, I, understanding that I'm angry allows me then to dissect why I'm angry and what are the steps that I need to either change the situation right. or accept the situation. So you do get that change, uh, even though the emotion, you get better change, I think, personally, if you can accept the emotion and then rationally kind of dissect it, yeah. then charging in angry, you'll still get change. Yeah. I don't know that it'll be the best change. Right. So you, you've got the stoic concept that uh, of a, a way of processing your emotions and uh, acknowledging what is in your control and what is outside of your control, correct? Correct. This concept is aided with other philosophies like Zen Buddhism and Taoist 
yeah, philosophy very, is very correct. Much. I really like Eastern philosophy and the in the idea of I've never been good at it, but I've always wanted to be good at meditation. Sure. Um, but I'm sure a, a Zen Buddhists themselves would never say that they were good at it. That's true. So, that's true. Right? It's, it's always, it's, again, always a process. You're learning right. on those steps. Um, but I like the present, the idea of being present. Um, I, you know, the past is the past and you yep. try and let go of that. The future hasn't happened yet. So worrying doesn't tend to do much because yeah. it may happen. It may not. Yeah, mindfulness. So, so being very mindful and being present uh, sure. in, in the moment is important. And however you can figure out how to do that, I think, is important. Before, um, and this is just recently in the last couple of years, I thought there was that prescribed way. You were supposed to meditate. You were supposed to sit <laughs> right. with lotus with the fingers on the, and, you know, yeah. uh, om kind right. of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it just never worked for me. No. I my, Even though I'm not necessarily a hyper person, I just don't sit still well. Um, you know, I listen to aggressive music. I like, you know, that sort of... Like what? I, I love metal. I love punk. Mm. I love for a very long time. Uh, yeah. I, wish my, I wish my kids loved it as much as I do, but no, we'll get to that it'll another come, time. It'll come. I'm hoping. Um, so, you know, I never found... I, I, You know, I like all kinds of music, but that's where my love has always been. Sure. You know, and, and I found that I like those, like, I like very bizarre sort of science fiction-y novels. I like humor and... The, right. You know, so which which at the time you thought was counterintuitive, counterintuitive to meditation. Correct, because I thought you needed to be quiet. And You're so wrong, right? Right. S exactly. Exactly. So I found, um, and I know, you know, I found. Uh, well, Henry Rollins has in interview you a know, beautiful man. He he is an amazing person, and sometimes these little nuggets of wisdom that he yeah that he puts out there. Definitely. But, you know, he was he says um, he believes that a, a strong body allows the mind to think strong thoughts. Right. So Ooh, okay. I found my meditation in physical exercise. I was never an athlete. I was never. And over the last few years, trying to keep up with my wife. Right. Um, you know, I tried to learn that. And I found that the, the type of exercise that that we have fallen into CrossFit, I know not everybody likes it. Yeah, it's but not for everyone. That but... is my that keeps me present because when you're weightlifting, I don't know if you've ever weightlifted before. Oh, yeah. But back in the day, you have to be present in the moment. It's you <laughs> and the barbell or you will get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. And so while it's loud and I listen to crazy things while I'm doing that and it can be heavy and the gym yeah. atmosphere is, doesn't seem to be, you know, in a meditative state, it very much allows me to be very centered yeah. and taking that outside into the world, then you find that peace even in the craziness of life. And, and I think that being present is important to, to all of this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there are many ways to meditate. Yes. There are definitely many ways to meditate. But the concept behind meditation is not you have to meditate for 15 minutes and you need to be seated and you have to be wearing brown pants and they right. have to be organic. No, no, no. It's, for a long time, that's what I thought. Though, and actually, you know? that is a very popular concept. Of mm -hmm. course, I, I jest, but a lot of people believe that if you are going to do yoga or you are going to meditate, first you have to go shopping. When right. when really you are you are born with everything that you are equipped with yeah. to to totally just do this. There are micro meditations that I absolutely love. Uh, there are things called mantras where you find something that you want to focus on, and sometimes there are just the power of words, and you just repeat them over and over again. Yeah, you focus and you give them power. These things seem silly until you start doing them. That's true. That's very true. And I have found mantras in particular um, are a, a great tool to kind of center yourself when you're feeling a little, little lost. So where do you find your inspiration? 
Yeah, yeah. I started, you know, as an undergraduate a long time ago and took that intro to philosophy 101 where you just learn about, you know, A to B to C and the history all the way through and you get little snippets every week. Right. And, you know, at that time, every week was a revelation to me, right? I would say, well, the guy we studied last week didn't know anything. It's this. Now this is where it's all at. And then each week you would learn about a different philosophy and the evolution of it all. And every time every philosopher thinks they've got it right. Right. This is the way to do it. Yeah. But over time you learn, or at least I did, that there are many ways to view the world and each has a kernel of truth in it. And yeah. if you can piece those things together. So I, it just sort of happened, I guess, along the way. I found that um, I needed something to guide me in my life. Um, sure. And so I started to take these. I have generally been a practical person in my life. Uh, yeah. I tend to be the, you know, when chaos is around me, I do want to find the way to do that. I, I like that as part of planning. You know, it right. kind of fits my career that I've chosen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it just ended up being, a, I guess, a, a, quote, natural progression for me to to gravitate towards this kind of philosophy. And then kids happened, and they are an amazingly crazy part of the world once yeah. they're part of your life. And, you know, to it's be able to... It's the kind of chaos you invite into your life. It is. And then, you know, and then as they grow up, and you, I try and give them the tools that I think are the best that they, you know, to be able to yeah. uh, tackle the world. And so I want them to be able to think through things. They don't have to believe what I believe, but I want them to be able to critically think about it. And that's been my path is really just learning those kinds of things well great let me comment on that yeah so you're a dad i am so you've got a a, a a boy and a girl correct and do you find being a dad difficult when trying to stay stoic y yes yes it's probably one of the greater challenges uh, because you do want to react um partially out of fear sometimes that they're doing something oh, that yeah. you think is, you know, what are you thinking? And then they tell you what they're thinking and it's even worse. Right. Because <laughs> because you, you reward the children for crawling. Yep. And then you reward them for walking. And then you reward them for, you know, walking really well. But as soon as they're standing on top of the banister and about to dive off, <laughs> right? you know, there's some sort of, it's a natural progression for them. But yes. That's but not for us. Not at all. Not right. at all. And you forget what it's like to do those things as a kid. Right? right. You remember childhood, but you don't remember standing on top of the banister for the first time. No. Um, so I think it, that's probably one of the more challenging things. And to explain to them, I, I'm not a particularly religious person. Mm -hmm. um, so to explain just what a personal philosophy is and why I think what I think, you know. Although it's nice, my daughter, who is uh, going to be 14 soon, Holy which is smokes. crazy, right? Wow. I know, that makes me old. Um, but she was, she said something the other day to her mom that was something that I would say. And, you know, my wife, yeah. my wife said, you sound like dad. And she's like, well, I've lived with him my whole life. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Success. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, small victories. And that's, again, sort of back to the, the yeah. plot is, is the small things, the little things in life and really cherishing them. Um, you know, Stoicism, the, the Greeks way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, if you were going to start somewhere, I, I really do like uh, Marcus Aurelius. Oh, absolutely. The Meditations. Yeah. And he, in and I'm not going to quote this because I, I can't. It's but, okay. But the philosophy, uh, the waking up in the morning and being grateful that you get to wake up in the morning. Right. Sounds hokey. No. But when you do that and you do that every day and sort of uh, understand that today is the day that you have. 
then it, it really right. puts things in perspective. For it's that. the it's the difference also between knowing something and embracing something. Yes. Because yes, you waking up, yeah, that's great. You you could have died in the night. Yeah, or yeah, you right. got this life and oh, roll your eyes, blah blah blah. But when you can get to a point in your life where you genuinely make the choice to feel grateful. Yes. And it feels good and you wake up and and you have everything that you that you didn't have before or maybe you do have and you just feel great that you still have that. Right. That creates a lot of great opportunity, it correct? Does. It does. Um, and uh, and about kids, and I, I've had this discussion with my my wife, and we had kind of talked a little bit that we you had the similar discussion, and that is, uh, especially with being a dad, not rewarding bad behavior with a reaction of emotion. Right. So, and not this isn't not just something that you would do for your children, but this is also something that you would do in your everyday personal, professional, or professional relationships, right? Uh, very much so. It's very a good practice. So. It is a good practice. Again, it reinforces, and sometimes people want you to react. I mean, being a dad, I, I can watch my children sometimes. They will look at me, and they will do the thing that they know is going to freak, like freak me out or get me angry, or, and they do it because they want that remo- emotional reaction, right. and instead... You know, you kind of, it's difficult, but Pushing you just kind of, you know, take the breath and understand why they're doing it and what's the best way forward. And then you have a discussion with them later and you really try. Now, I'm not saying I can do that every time. No. But if you do it once and then you do it twice and then you do it three times, it gets easier. Yeah. You know, the idea of practice in sports, and again, not necessarily a sports person, is that muscle memory. Yeah. Same kind of thing for your brain. You you, you learn and do and put those mental tracks in there. So. Yeah. One of the um, writings in, in Stoicism is this is sort of training. This is what you trained for when life is hard, when things are coming at you that you don't think you can deal with. Right. The idea that this is why you practice Stoicism. This is why you meditate. This is why you do these things. So when it's difficult, you have the skills and your brain kicks in. It's like, oh, yeah. we, we know what we're doing here and can Perfect. see your way through. Yeah. I mean, and and uh, like you said, this is a process. Yes. And uh, I like to use the word conditioning. Because in recovery, you can't just uh, assume that one one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be instantly not an alcoholic anymore. Right. Or you're going to wake up and, and not follow a pattern of poor mental health behaviors. These are things that take time. Yes. And you need to, you can't just go, all right, I'm just going to act like this and then in four weeks everything's going to be okay. Right. No, no, no. You need to be in that moment. You need to feel how that feels, and you need to make good choices. Yes, right? agreed. And there's um, Stoicism kind of through the ages. You know, people picked it up again because it's an interesting philosophy. But the idea yeah. of living the day, letting the day go, and understanding that you made mistakes, and as soon as you can, let those mistakes go. And when you wake up the next day, you understand it's a new day. Mm-hmm. And while yesterday may have you may have done X, Y, Z that you weren't happy with, today is another day, another choice. Right. And I think that's important. In that way? Yep. Uh, yeah, very much so. Um, so part of uh, part of a tip of, of being stoic that I kind of, that I looked up and I kind of like is a lot of emotions and reactions are choices. Yes. And r- regardless of their outside circumstances. And if you go on Facebook, especially right after... Donald Trump does something or, <laughs> or, you know, or even local politics. Yeah. There's a lot of people and they have to just vent. Yep. And 
a huge part of mental health is allowing people safe spaces to vent in. Sure. Uh, but the stoic practice themselves is, is getting to a place where you probably are so healthy in that stoic mindset that you don't necessarily still need to vent the same way. I guess not in the same way. You know, I still think you need your space where, whether it's talking to a friend or, or whatever you do, right. I, I still think that's important. Um, and you find those like-minded individuals who support you when you need it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think for the most part, you get to the point where you don't, you let the emotion wash over you and then the venting isn't as quite as necessary, nor do I see a purpose for it sometimes. And that's what it comes down to, you know, after yeah. a certain amount of time, it's, it's a, what, what does that do for my, for the cause or for whatever it is that I'm angry about? Or again, it's, it's really understanding you break down the emotion into the reasons why, and then yeah. the reasons why become my path of action. If I need to correct something, then I got angry because of this and now I'm going to do this. And next time we, I won't have to necessarily, you know, the, the same thing won't occur. Again, a process. It is a process. It is a process. That's great. Yeah, it's, so it's a lot of fun. Do you have bad days? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but again, it's it's acknowledging those bad days. I mean, you know, don't hide them. You right. know, when I wake up and there are times when I'm just like, you know what, I am not in a good mood today. Right. And you still look for the things that are positive as best you can. Again, Absolutely. I, I tend to be optimistic about things. Yes. Um, you know, my, my wife and I joke a lot about that. Um, there was a little Winnie the Pooh. I like Winnie the Pooh very much. Uh, have you ever read you. the Tao of Pooh? Uh, and the Day of Piglet. Okay. So, so yeah, quite a bit. So we would joke, uh, you know, my, my wife very much Piglet, myself very much Pooh. And the other day there was <laughs> a quote that came along that said, you know, Piglet is sitting under a tree. He says, well, what if the tree falls on us? And Pooh says, well, what if it doesn't? Exactly, and, and that's sort of how I, even a bad day, I try and remember that I'm worrying about things. You waste a lot of time worrying about things that will never happen. And if you can do that, you know, that's you, awesome. Yeah. So, so you've read the the Tao of Pooh, so you know the story of the vinegar tasters. Yes. Okay. So, uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, it's 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 kind of it's a philosophy where three philosophies that are, that are represented by three men, or it can be creatures sometimes, depends on the scroll that you find. Uh, one of them is as Buddhism. The other one is uh, Confucius. Confucianism. Yep. And the other is uh, Taoism. And they all have different, they're all tasting vinegar, a pot of vinegar, and they all have different responses. But the Taoist hit the response on their, on the Taoist faces is a smile because the concept that life is bitter, life is, is is turmoil but it's also sweet yes. so therefore the vinegar was sweet yes and that that kind of outlook takes a lot of mindfulness it does and can i <laughs> can i share another please please do I, I love the parables that come along with oh yeah you know zen uh and there's the story of the two there's the master of course and the student and they are walking and they see a woman who's near a river and the master picks her up carries her over the river, puts her down, and the two, the student and the master, continue on. And there, you can see that, you know, the master sees there's something wrong. Miles they've walked, and the student, there's just something bothering him. So he finally asks, you know, kind of what's going on? And the student says, well, master, you know that we're not allowed to touch women, and yet you helped her across the river. And the master, of course, you know, responds that says, well, I put her down miles ago. Why are you still carrying her? Ooh. And I really like that. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like, let you have to learn to let those things go. If someone 
and it's not easy to do. No. And you will fail it's time, not. time and time again. But again, it's that mindfulness of, of learning to let those things go and not carry them because all it did was ruin the student's day right. when the master didn't think anything of it. Ah, oh, that is powerful. I like that one. A lot. I love that parable. Yeah. That's really great. <laughs> and um, but it's also really great about the concept of these practical philosophies. How are you going to move forward with something, and how are you going to enjoy your life if you're carrying this weight with you? Exactly, exactly. And I think you know, in talking with people, when when you get down to the why of what they're doing, you know, you'll say, "Well, I wish it was this way." Okay, but it's not that way. So if you want it to be that way, what do you have to do to get there? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's always like the action of if the, if you want the world a certain way, you have to figure out the steps that you need to take. To, and it's to and it's about it. you to do it. It's you about me to do it. Right. And so let me that, that leads me to one of my favorite Teddy Roosevelt quotes. Okay, which. I, I can't imagine he wasn't thinking of stoic philosophies when he when he said this, and that is, we must all wear out or rust out, every one of us. My choice is to wear out. Nice. That's what Teddy Roosevelt said. Yep. And I love that idea because it's this idea that you are in control of how you perceive the world because you're choosing to do that. Right, it's, right. It's awesome. Uh how can someone out there, they've listened to this podcast and they're like, wow, this Paul really knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so where would you send them to learn more? Um, you know, I guess it depends on how you like to absorb information. Uh, there's a lot sure. of podcasts out there that talk about stoicism much more deeply than than I could. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would certainly suggest picking up some of the old school, you know, the meditations. Mar sure. Marcus Aurelius is amazing. It's, and the Benjamin Hoff books. Yep, which Benjamin the, Hoff. Uh, yeah. There's also, if you're a fan of punk rock in particular, there's Sit Down and Shut Up. Oh, I love that. That's a. I a, love sit down and shut up. That's great. You read it? Yeah, totally. It, it, I, it was again one of those where you're like, oh, I don't have to just sit on a rock by myself and and yeah, meditate. Um, so there's a lot out there, um, and it's just a matter of finding your finding your way in. I, I like the I, I finding your way. That's you know. That's, that's great. Any words of wisdom? So this podcast is about survival, and the yeah. concept about mental health survival is that you got a place to stay, you got food on your plate you're taken care of, yep. but life is so much more. So any thoughts on on how someone could survive living in the North Country right now? It's not, it's not just about having a place to stay, right? Yeah, right. I mean, really, you know, making a life for yourself. You know, I think this, the Stoics, if we're going to wrap them into this, would really want you to live the best life you can now. Um, and... I haven't really struggled with mental health in, in my life, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't know necessarily how to give like really sort of that poignant advice that that, that would be helpful. Struggle, but maybe not, but it sounds like you thought about it a lot. I, I have, I have. And, you know, again, concerns of people in my life that, sure. that have been affected by it. So, you know, I think um, understanding, I look at things very holistically, and I think that's, sure. that's important. Uh, so great physical well-being is important mental well-being is important yep. and i think people will um shortchange themselves on the 
the practice, the mental health practice uh, of really, and give themselves, and really be, get down on themselves when they fail. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't start out running a marathon by running a marathon, right? No. So you figure out what's the baby step. If you can only run to the end of the block, that's what you do. Right. Same thing with this, I would say, is really just little pieces. If you have a, you know, 23 of the 24 hours of your day, you really just couldn't get a handle on it. But that one hour, there was, you had a moment where you were able to understand and accept and, and understand what you can and can't control. Yeah. Um, giving yourself, you know, all right, like that's what we're going to focus on. And then tomorrow's another day and not hold it against yourself. I, you know, I think it's those little steps and over time you just get better at it. So that was a part of my interaction with Paul Domenicus, And I must say that I am very grateful for that conversation. Hopefully Paul and I can sit down again and revisit some of these awesome ideas that we talked about in this episode. But until then, let me know what you think. Do you use these philosophies or any of these philosophies in your daily life? If you do, let me know. You can find me on social media by looking for the Mental Health Survival Guide podcast or Survival Nick. And until next time, take care of yourself because survival is so much more than staying alive.